welcome to are you quizzing me i'm vinit nair with my co-host aditya kashyap this is a quizzing trivia podcast show where we ask each other questions and share what we know and learn with you though in a quizzing format it's not competitive the questions are simply a way of sharing our love of trivia so sit back relax and join us as we explore the depths of human knowledge here's the format we ask each other questions alternatingly as many as time permits while giving as many clues as needed to help each other get to the answer let's get quizzing another day another episode and we are back and as usual before we start our proceedings for this episode we have to suffer the indignity of listening to aditya's answer of his question from last week i i should be offended but uh, i am not surprisingly <laughs> mostly because i know what i'm going to answer this question and i, I can i can already preempt the <laughs> agony and the groans that are going to be elicited but let's okay. go for it so the question that i asked last episode was if there was a musical that was made on the movie shole the iconic movie shole what would it what should it be called and i realized i want to go down a route where we pay homage to classical american musicals while still talking about our movie shole a beloved movie shole so i have a couple of examples and anybody who's going to do this uh, can use any of these royalty free uh the nightmare before holi because everything is going wrong in ramgarh before holi um uh, of course you've seen cabaret but have you seen gabare give me now the musical Stop. about gabar singh Please. and the last one because i am such a big hema malini fan instead of rent it would be kent water purifier also a branding that oh. you can use oh on the iconic no, uh, no. water tanki wow. scene <laughs> oh. kent that is so bad on so many levels <laughs> Hey, I'm just I'm just giving some some wonderful marketing opportunities to any future yeah. producers. Oh, <laughs> There is an iconic water tanki scene. You can just brand it as Kent, and that's that's how you know the name of the musical. Yeah, I think I need to dial an ambulance right now. We'll be back after I'm back from the hospital. <laughs> Alrighty. Hmm. You know what? I could save you. I could save you. Let's start with some trivia. Let's do some trivia, and that should happen. Let's do some trivia. Let's do some trivia. So I'll start off the uh, proceedings today. I'm going to give you a, a list of military officers. I need you to tell me what's common among them. Lieutenant Abhimanyu Rai, Major Arjun Singh, Major R P Sharma, Squadron Leader V P Singh, and Major Samar Anand. i need you to connect these military officers and tell me how they you know what's the what's the connect basically uh were they all portrayed in the movie loc no okay um is there um, is there an award that connects all of them no but there is a year that i mean like there are multiple years i'll give you some years okay along with the names oh, okay. i think that might mm-hmm. help it along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh left lieutenant abhimanyu rai is from 1989 mm-hmm. major arjun singh is from 1996 major rp sharma is from 2004 squadron leader vp singh is also from 2004 
and major summer anand is from 2012 it's a very interestingly phrased uh, <laughs> list that you gave is from 2004 so are we saying that they they were given something that uh, in the year and now that title continues is it, is it a title that they were awarded no it's not a title not an award not a title you got a little close okay i have a full disclosure you got a little close with your first try i thought you got it quickly like in the first attempt but then when i heard your answer i was like ah okay he's still far away he's still far away uh i was going to say biopic also some indian soldiers who have had biopics but no no not biopics not biopics mm. um what is the first name so the first name is uh, lieutenant abhimanyu rai is abhimanyu rai that that uh, soldier from kargil uh, uh, dil mange more no 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 oh that somebody else yeah. okay hmm that was vikram batra oh yeah that is vikram batra what is abhimanyu rai seem very familiar a name yeah it's very familiar but it's, you, i told you the year no where abhimanyu rai 1989 oh, right, right, right. fair that's much before kargil abhimanyu rai okay are there a military bases named after these people no 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 you're going you're going colder and colder i would go back to your first two answers my first answer was the loc the movie okay think similar vein but different this is a very silly question now i think of it now it just seems so silly now that i think of it okay, i can regret putting this question now people are going to be like achi what question is he put hey it's okay then uh, if anything we just go onwards and upwards in this episode from here Yeah. Um uh, give me a hint give me a hint i'm currently a bit lost okay it's related to the movies and i would uh, specifically ask you to focus on one particular actor rather than anyone else ah interesting one particular actor 1989 is that what you said yes so if an actor who was active in 1989 portrayed this character i can only think of sunny deol for some reason No. Oh, is it Sunil Sunil Shetty? Sunil Shetty. No, 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 it's not Sunil Shetty. So, oh, so okay. Oh, okay. Let me just give you one last clue before I give it. So, I would. Uh, it's kind of ironic that uh, this person has played all these characters when this actor himself. And the fact is that most people may not remember these names, even though they may remember the movies. They may not remember these names, but it's very ironic that this actor is known for having. like almost prototypical names throughout his career as characters his characters have like very memorable names and people hear that they like oh okay this actor oh okay that that just automatically leads me to shahrukh khan yeah it is these are these are movies these are military characters portrayed by shahrukh khan oh no way he has played so many military characters yes oh. uh, now the uh bonus points bragging rights if you can tell me which movies these are from so uh let's go backwards okay 2012 uh samar anand jab tak hai jaan yes uh-huh 2004 uh squadron leader vp singh veer pratap singh veer zara you said vp singh if you had said veer pratap singh i would have gotten this like I Before know, you completed why, the question, <laughs> that's why I did <laughs> not. Be <laughs> okay. Uh, Major R P Sharma. 
Ram Prasad Sharma, come on, man, we need you are messing with me. I would have got <laughs> yes, so that's oh, Mahuna. Okay, now the next two may be not that easy. Uh, Major Arjun Singh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like, maybe, maybe like a hardcore uh, Shah Rukh fan to get that one. <laughs> which, which year is this? Uh, this would be 94, if I'm not mistaken. 96. Oh, wow. Sorry. 96. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the movie. Maybe. It's called Army. He had acted in a movie called Army. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. And oh. the first one, 1989, Lieutenant Abhimanyurai. He was uh, in 4G. It was in 4G, yes. And that's why the name sounded so familiar because recently I was <laughs> seeing something about him and his first few roles. Abhimanyurai. Uh, hmm, this is a fun question. That's a fun question. I liked it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh. Okay, hit me with yours. Let's talk invention. Okay. okay. So, um, the man in question here is Francis William Epperson. This okay. gentleman back in 1923 okay. uh, filed a patent for this invention of his. Okay. He accidentally invented this particular thing on a cold night, cold, cold night, when he was trying to create a certain drink and somehow ended up with this invention at the end of it. Okay. He... And it is also named after his after him in a in a roundabout way. It's named after him in a roundabout way, this invention. What am I talking about? So he invented a drink. Uh, he was trying to create a drink, but he ended up with something else. He's trying to create a drink, mm-hmm. but he ended up with something else. And uh, what was his name again? Francis? Francis William Epperson. Francis William Epperson? No. Epperson, Epperson. E-double-P-E-R-S-O-N. And you mentioned that he made it on a very cold night. Yes. That should be a good clue. This is in California, San Francisco, back in 1923. When he patented it. He first created it in uh, 1905. Oh, when he was himself a when he was himself a child. Okay, he was a child at the time. Hmm. Trying to make a drink on a cold night. Ice cream's been there for like gazillions of years. I mean, like even the Mughals had ice cream, so it can be ice cream. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it that um, you know the thing where they partially freeze the thing and then they crush it and they give it to you? What is it called? Uh, slushy. No, it's not a slushy. That's a great guess, actually, but it's not a slushy. Um, and I also said it was named after him, but in a roundabout way. So technically, it does not have his name in it, but it was named after him by his children. Named after him by his children? Yeah. Uh, so he said his name is Frank, right? Yeah. Frank, Francis. Frank, Frank. Francis. Francis. Frank, Frank. No, no, the name is not going to lead you to the answer. The name is not going to lead you to the answer. Okay, that okay. Works, yeah. so it's not that. You're trying to make a drink on a cold night. It's not a slushy. It's not ice cream. Well, just so that you don't meander too far, it is in that in that space, somewhere in that space. Is it okay? Can you give me a clue? Whether is it a frozen thing? Is it frozen or is it, it just a slushy? exactly exactly why I said it was a very cold night? Yes, it is a frozen item. Okay. What else is frozen? What else is 
frozen frozen oh um the the, the thing on the stick what is it called uh, the, the, not a lollipop uh, i'm so blanking right now uh, yeah you're there you're there you're almost there the popsicle it's a popsicle popsicle that's the one <laughs> yes popsicle okay so somebody actually invented the okay, okay. i thought it was a pretty yeah. obvious thing that you don't just stick something Like people have been he, he, right? he patented frozen ice on stick. And what happened was in this cold night in 1905, when he was himself a child, he was making a little glass of lemonade, soda and water. And he left a mixing stick in it and he left it outside on the porch. And when he went back the next day, he saw a popsicle. And he got a patent for that. He got a patent for that, yeah. and um, the name initially he used to sell it as a epsicle ice pop no but his children insisted he call it pops icicles and that's where the name popsicle came from pops okay, icicles that's that's, that's, a, that's a great popsicle. question yeah, that's a great question fun little question he has the rights i also was very surprised that something like a popsicle which i believe almost every child has done at some point like just taken a soda or a juice or something or the other i've done that i know i have <laughs> yeah, i've experimented no, a lot i'm just i'm just i'm still trying to get my head around the fact that you could patent a popsicle basically like you said it's frozen ice around a stick i know i was just born in the wrong century beneath what do i tell you yes i would wrong. much rather have patented a popsicle <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay. my question all right your turn Okay, this is something you can work out. Okay. Okay. Uraba lugens. It's an insect that sheds its exoskeleton so that it has room to grow. But what it does is it keeps the skin that it shed on its head stacked on top of each other. This particular insect is nicknamed blank. Something that reminds you of a famous literary character from the nineteenth century. and the fact that it looks like a caterpillar so give me its nickname it keeps the shedded skin on top of its head what you say of its head on top of the head so it just piles up like a yes it piles up so think uh, literary characters from the 19th century and uh, the fact that it's a caterpillar put these together and what kind of clever nickname would you probably get a very 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 terrible answer <laughs> is this um ramayan in the portrait mode no i'm sorry that is just so bad oh god no <laughs> no ramayan no. in portrait mode would technically be no, 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 stop it right there <laughs> stop it right there <laughs> oh god <laughs> ஒன்னர் it's a caterpillar and they've given it a nickname from a famous literary character from a 19th century classic which i guarantee you you've read i have read oh, guarantee okay. okay interesting 
Um, is it a children's book by any chance? Yes, you could say that. Most people read the read it when you are a child, but it is uh, how to be nuanced enough that uh, I know many adults who still quote from it. Hmm, I'm, I'm a lot of subtext and things there. It's a it's a very I'm, deep novel. I'm inclined to say Roald Dahl. No, 19th uh, century. Oh, okay, 19th is before Roald Dahl. 19th century. I cannot visualize a single character which has a look of. Uh, try, try a book. Try, uh, try what uh, children's book or famous kind of children's book would you think from the 19th century? Wow, I'm no, no. Okay, okay. So just imagine you had a creature which had the skin piled on top of its head. What would it look like? What would that pile maybe? If you had a pile of something on top of your head, what would it resemble? Just just for our listeners' reference, we record this late at night. So if I have nightmares <laughs> later after this, <laughs> his head's piled on top of what I'll do. Beneath, I'm going no, to no, no, forget okay. heads. Like just imagine you have something piled up on top of your head. What would that remind? What kind of garment would that remind you of? Turban. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, let's think 19th century oh, England. Oh, oh, uh, oh, 19th century England though. Is it the the those headgears that the guards wear at at uh, no, no, no 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 this is much simpler much much at simpler. the Windsor Castle and no okay the royal guards right is that what they're called no it's not that it's a kind of garment a top hat uh okay a bowler yes. hat oh, oh you got it right the first time a top hat okay now think hat. Think the fact it's a caterpillar and think what character from the 19th century you can think of. Caterpillar with a top hat. Oh my god, I'm just, I, again, I'm blanking. I'm doing the same thing you did. Uh, I'm, I can almost picture this. You can almost taste it, can't you? <laughs> oh boy, give me a hint. Give me a hint, please. Give me a hint. Okay, oh Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. No, I know Alice in Wonderland. I <laughs> know the name of the character. <laughs> I should have just said Alice Rudder because I can't remember. Oh boy. I love that these are the moments where our uh, listeners are, are in agony because they're like, they've figured it out 15, 20 seconds ago. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I'm not going to get okay. it. Okay, I'll give you the character. The character's name, uh, we're talking about the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter, of course. <laughs> the Mad okay. Hatter. So if you had a creature whose the novel form looked like the Mad Hatter, and it was a caterpillar. What name would you, Aditya, Lord of the Pun, give it? Mad Hatterpillar? <laughs> yes, it is the Mad Hatterpillar. <laughs> Mad Hatterpillar. Oh boy, this this I I don't know how to top this anymore. This is humor <laughs> at its finest. Mad Hatterpillar. <laughs> oh, that's such a lovely name, Mad Hatterpillar. Yeah, okay. that's what the nickname is. Okay, cool, cool. I'll, I'll Google this uh, little creature later. Yes. Okay, let's move on to my question. In uh, the year 2011, this particular... Oh, I'm doing an invention question again. I didn't realize it. Okay, let's do this. Uh, this particular invention mm-hmm. was awarded an Ig Nobel Prize. Um, yes, okay. It was meant to be an alarm okay a fire alarm for deaf people and um, it's it's a 400 pound alarm 
it's an expensive alarm but it is so 400 pounds is the price the price oh, yeah, is 400 yeah. okay. yes yes but it is the most uh, effective alarm that they could find okay they tried a bunch of items first before settling on the final one that they won the nobel prize for do you want to make a guess as to what was the final item that they used as a as an as a fire alarm for deaf people okay so it can't be uh, anything that obviously makes sound uh, yes it will have to be something that they can see assuming that this person is not both blind and deaf mhm 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 um that's not a bad guess but in this case it is not the right answer okay so it's not something they can see something they can smell but then they would be able to smell the fire anyway uh smell wait is it something like um, hydrogen sulfide it gets released in no but hydrogen sulfide is flammable they wouldn't do that brilliant you are a scientist clearly <laughs> um, you are you are very much on the right path i would okay. imagine that they did not go with something that you can see because again a fire alarm is used in places like a house and and the uh, alarm would have to be in every room and visible from every angle which yeah. would be tougher and something yeah. like sound doesn't have that barrier so they okay. had to come up with an alternative so you were you were pretty much on the right track with smell okay so it's, it is something they can smell yes so which is why i said is they it, tried out a bunch of things captain families the mercaptains those are the things that are added to lpg to make it smell no it's not that it is not that did i think of an alarm because an lpg smell also at least in my experience is something that isn't alarming it it is uh, or at least it I takes a while for me to register it no no <laughs> I, i meant alarming in the sense of i meant alarming in the sense of it instantly hits you so I, at least in my experience that lpg smell is almost like i i'm usually like a Hmm. Okay, so you're saying it's, it's, it's not pungent or something enough for you to? Uh... It is. It is pungent. It is actually very, very pungent. Is my point. It is extremely pungent. They probably uh, experimented with the the particular uh, compound you mentioned as well, but they needed okay. to be really, really pungent. Uh, smelling salts, ammonia. Those no, things. No. So they, I'll give you a couple of examples that they tried out. Okay. They uh, tried out. rotten eggs hydrogen sulfide um, problem yeah so one of them one of them yeah but uh, again rotten eggs was not good enough for probably for the reason that you mentioned as well that it's flammable um before they settled on this particular final item so or rotten eggs was one of them this was not rotten not rotten eggs not rotten yeah. eggs uh not the captain it's not ammoniac what else will make you jump up Uh, literally it was supposed to be uh, something that somebody would be able to oh also another reason that a visual one wouldn't work is that you need to be able to react to it even if you're asleep oh so yes that makes sense so it needs to be something that's powerful enough to wake somebody while they're asleep yeah. so it's probably that i'm still coming yeah. back to the smelling okay, salts ammonia it's, it's a it's a um, let me bring you a bit closer these particular scientists uh were from japan that doesn't help okay so the alarm is a 50000 yen alarm or a 400 pound alarm 
So it's something really expensive. Oh yeah, for for so it's at four hundred pounds. Yeah, as in four hundred British pounds. Currency, so it's something really expensive. Uh, From Japan. Japanese, what what in Japanese smells? Pungent smell. Pungent smell. Uh, would I know this? Is it something? Oh yes, say? absolutely. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh no. You have smelled it yourself. I assume. Yeah, actually, I assume. I'm assuming, but you definitely know it. Yeah. No, because I've never had a problem with uh, anything Japanese. That like their things are whatever. The whatever you buy Japanese, it's always. What do I smell? Wait, you said I've had it. Yeah. Is it a food item? That was a little bit of a. <laughs> No, but it, it, clue, but yes, yes, it is. It is a food and, item. and it hit me late by the sodium vapor lamp. <laughs> oh, but uh, okay, so it's a food. Expensive. Wasabi. Wasabi is the answer. It is wasabi. The wasabi smell, uh, a strong wasabi smell, uh, which was inhaled after being air diluted, would wake people up. So they came up with a. 50,000 yen wasabi alarm after trying out hundreds of odors they realized wasabi no wasabi is the one yeah uh, wasabi can wake somebody up apparently if if used in the right concentration and I've, i've never had a really strong reaction to wasabi so i'm uh, you know i don't know i know you're a, i know you're a food connoisseur but uh, again depends on where you have had wasabi because most places that uh, serve Wasabi in Japanese restaurants are not actually serving wasabi because wasabi is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So they are serving you something along the lines of horseradish. Horseradish, mostly. Oh, yeah. 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 My wife has uh, a really bad reaction to wasabi. The first time she exactly. had sushi, she she thought it was like uh, you know she had to take like, a big chunk of it and kept it on top and just put it in her mouth. Hit her <laughs> hot palate, went straight to her brain. You should have seen her eyes pop like wow. <laughs> well. Clear proof, right there, that she would have woken up from a sleep. <laughs> yes, yes, she would have. She would have. Wasabi alarm. Okay, it's a wasabi alarm. I'd be very interested to know how they're planning. So, did they disperse it with like a sprinkler that they put it out, and how, do, um, how did they? Do? I imagine they aerosolize it. I am. Not, I don't know the exact mechanic of how they use it, but uh, okay. it is the the active <laughs> ingredient is allyl isothiocyanate. Yes, I believe that's how you okay. pronounce. Yeah, and it acts as an irritant in the nose, and works okay. even when someone is asleep. Okay, that's great. Right. Okay, uh, serendipitously, I have a question of uh, from Japan as well, so I'll move there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a rudimentary version of this product was first invented by Brazilian inventor Andreas Pavel in the 1970s. Okay. Okay. This X. Is a consumer product which was first marketed under that specific name in Japan in 1979. It okay. was marketed under the name Soundabout in many countries, including the US. It was called Freestyle in Australia and Sweden, and Stowaway in the UK. The company chairman hated this particular brand name and asked it to be changed. But he relented after being told by executives that a promotion campaign had already begun using this name, and it would be too expensive to change. The promotion campaign was also very unique. 
the company hired young adults to walk around in public wearing X, offering the nearby people to test out the product. They also hired actors to pose with X around the streets of Tokyo as an additional form of promotion. What is X? What product am I talking about? What classic brand brand name? Is it the Sony Walkman? Oh, you are too good. You are too good. <laughs> it is the Sony Walkman. I think I think the the way they advertise it uh, kind of gave it away. Well, that's it, a good. Yeah. That's a cool cool question. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'll give a little bit of history for our listeners. Yes. Uh, portable yes. tape players of various designs have been available, uh, but none of them were intended to be operated by a person as they were walking. So mm. in the 1970s, Brazilian inventor Andreas Pavel devised a method for carrying a player of this type on a belt around his waist, listening via headphones. But his stereo belt, as he called it, did not include the required engineering advancements to yield high-quality sound reproduction. And the tape player was also subject to mechanical shock. So that, again, decreased the quality. So Pavel was not able to bring his idea to complete fruition. And later on in life, he lost his suit, uh, claiming that the Walkman idea was his own. Right. So Sony finally came up with this idea. Uh, basically, they wanted to create a cassette recorder to listen to music while traveling for business. Hmm. They had predicted that when it would launch, that it would sell about 5,000 units a month, but it sold 30,000 in the first two months just in Japan. <laughs> and then they just you know, went crazy. Walkman caught on globally, and Sony started using the name worldwide. Nice. So, Nice. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, very fast crack. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, let me go with my question now. Yeah. Very short question, but um, perhaps might take Those a little bit of time. Those are the ones that tend to be hard. Yeah, might take a little bit of time to crack it. But I believe in you. Okay. Um, before uh, Gmail was mm-hmm. launched there was already an existing gmail in the internet of your if if you're old enough to remember internet before gmail yes before there gmail, was gmail. There was yahoo uh, no no i'm talking there was a gmail actual gmail okay uh, it was just not google mail okay who did this gmail belong to and I'll give you some hints because this is a very vague question. But if just right off the bat, you know the answer. Um, no, I don't know the answer right off the bat. Gmail, uh, you said who? So one person, uh, George Clooney? No. Did he have no, his own? No, no, no. So it's not a person. Uh, it, no. it, it's a company. But it, yes, you can. Yeah, okay. let's, let's say that for now. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay, let me I give you the slogan. Okay, let me the, yeah, let me give you the slogan which might help you. So this okay. this original Gmail mm-hmm. was touted as email with catitude. Email with catitude. Catitude. Email with catitude. Um, something to do with cats. Uh, or animals. Hmm. Peter. No. No, no, no. It's not the SPCA. It is specifically cats. It's 
It's a specific cat, if that helps. It's a Garfield male. <laughs> Garfield male was uh, was the G original Gmail. So fans of Garfield could actually access uh, access Garfield mail at gmail dot garfield dot com. So that was Ooh. the original Gmail, and there was an email with catitude. They did have a a little bit of. Uh, I believe a legal tussle with huh. Google later, because when Google tried to use the name Gmail, uh, because Garfield enthusiasts were very very <laughs> particular <laughs> about their own Gmail, yeah. And uh, eventually, okay. of course, as you know, history <laughs> sided with not the cat <laughs> and with the humans. <laughs> I think maybe the cats are taking revenge now by taking over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite possible. So okay. Short, sweet uh, question. Yeah, your turn. Yes, so I'm going to go with slightly longer question. So no, this, I'm going to talk about a TV show. Now, this is a former TV show that aired on ZTV for our uh, you know international listeners. ZTV is an Indian channel. Uh, the I'm going to tell you the names of the characters on the show. Okay, and yeah. first round, I want you to tell me the name of the show. If not possible, okay. I'll keep giving clues in an ascending format. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So the names of the characters in the show were uh, Sanjana, Nisha, uh-huh. Penny, Cyrus, Vikram, and Rahul. Mm-hmm. Can you guess the show? When was it aired? Uh, this would be nineteen ninety nine. Is it the Indian version of Friends? <laughs> yes, it is the Indian version of Friends. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Can you tell me the name of the show? Oh, uh, I, I didn't know that. I assumed they just called it Friends. Um, I don't know, Dosto. <laughs> no. Okay, get this. It's a, it's, a, it's a very original name. It's a very original name. It was called Hello Friends. <laughs> Hey, um, that's, that's okay. not now, this is that's, that's not the best part. That's not the best part. Listen to the cast. Uh, so Sanjana was played by Simone Singh, who was uh, the equivalent of Monica Geta, but she was a serious okay. level-headed fashion designer. Okay. Okay. Aparna okay. Tilak acted as Nisha, who was the equivalent for Rachel Green, who was a millionaire who escaped from her marriage. Okay. Maria Goretti, if you remember the VJ days. Uh, oh. As Penny, she was the equivalent of uh, Phoebe Buffet, an aspiring musician. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cyrus Brocha, mm-hmm. as Cyrus, he was the equivalent for Chandler Bing. He was an office executive. Okay. Anil Dimbri as Rahul, uh, mm-hmm. equivalent for uh, Joey Tribbiani, was a struggling model. Now, okay. can you guess who played Ross's character? Vikram. Ross's equivalent Vikram. Who would you think would have played Gross's character? Um, you know, I the reason I also got this very quickly is because I think I might have seen the opening scene of this thing, and yes, I always is, thought it was like a scene-to-scene copy. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly. I think uh, the, the Rachel character walks in, but she's wearing the shadi ka joda and whatnot. Yes, uh, and I always thought it was a sketch. I did not know it was an actual show. So I, I, if I'm not wrong, it is that uh, Vijay Nikhil 
yes it is nikhil chinappa vijay nikhil chinappa correct yeah Yes, uh, I remember Nikhil Chinnappa as being this really cool dude on MTV. When I oh, was sorry, he was on MTV. He was on MTV, not on Chinnappa. Yes, he was on MTV and he was really hip. You know, he used to host the show. He, he, he was fit. He was cool. He was trendy. Hmm. Not the person you would fit for a Ross character. Yeah, true. <laughs> But hey. Yeah, so the show uh, was a kind of... it premiered on z tv on 6 september 1999 it was okay. an almost seen to seen adaptation of the american sitcom friends and it ran for one season 26 episodes and then was cancelled the <laughs> five guesses why <laughs> <laughs> not a big surprise <laughs> okay okay cool cool, yes. cool. all ready this is a uh, let's go to the field of business so let's do some mm. business related question in 1902 five entrepreneurs founded this particular company in minnesota they were trying to mine corundum which is a crystalline form of aluminum oxide so they were trying to mine this particular thing and they wanted to process it and sell it as sandpaper it turns out <laughs> funnily enough that the mineral they mined was not corundum but it was a useless rock okay they tried to import another mineral but that gave them a product of lower quality as well in 1905 hmm. very soon after founding the company they were on the verge of bankruptcy okay a couple of businessmen gave them $25000 in exchange hmm. for 60% ownership and okay. post that they ended up diversifying a lot and this company survives still today as a as a pretty iconic company yeah pretty famous company i think you already know the answer yes so, it's a minnesota mining corporation now known as 3m ah wonderful <laughs> <laughs> the moment you said minnesota and mining i was like i know where this is going <laughs> ah lovely see we doesn't even take you that uh, you could have stopped me much earlier <laughs> <laughs> no, no i i have made that mistake once with hk it's a cardinal rule i used to despise it when people interrupted my questions and then when i did it myself i was horrified so i sworn <laughs> i will never do this on that podcast again i will wait oh, until we finish and I then i appreciate that i appreciate that so let me just give you the complete background it was called uh-huh. minnesota mining and manufacturing company okay which okay. is where the 3m comes from and it was shortened mm-hmm. to 3m only in 2002 uh, oh. it was probably used the name was used 3m but i think officially uh-huh. it was shortened to 3m only in 2002 and uh, initially of course it did not manufacture the gazillion products it does today but today it is making literally every single thing out there that used on a day to day basis office supplies of all things office supplies mostly yes you're right yeah Yeah. because that, at the when, when i first uh, read that 3m stood for minnesota mining and whatever i was so fascinated by the fact that the, the company named a mining and manufacturing company was actually making double sided tape uh, <laughs> sticky notes uh, uh, stationery items i was like what what is this how is this linked <laughs> at all it is it is a strange world we live in yes the company actually today produces over 60000 products started off as just 
trying to manufacture and process this one little mineral into mm-hmm. sandpaper today they, they do 60000 products okay we have time for a couple of questions more today is seems to be a much faster episode so okay. i'm going to give you another question slightly history we'll pivot to history one of my Major favorite uh, topics right baba buda was a 17th century sufi revered by both muslims and hindus whose shrine is at baba budangiri in chikmagaluru karnataka mm-hmm. he is famous for having introduced this item to india by smuggling it into his in his beard when coming back from the hajj in 1670 what did he introduce okay. to india oh wow that's a <laughs> unexpected question i did not see it going there okay there are some clues in the question itself you could work it out i would imagine i would imagine uh, so i'm just going to ask for a quick little recap was the name the name His was name is baba budan 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 b u d a n baba budan, budan. 17th century budan. sufi he went on hajj in 1670 and when he came back he smuggled something in his beard and that was the introduction of this item in india he is revered by both muslims and hindus and he has a shrine at baba budan giri in chikmagaluru karnataka is it a food item yes but he had to smuggle it in interesting dates yeah, because it, huh? dates Sorry? no no not dates not dates i would advise you to think of where his shrine is right now that would give you a clue karnataka chikmagaluru uh food item oh man not sure i'm very well versed in kannada food okay i'll 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 uh, then give you a clue about where he smuggled it from so he was on his way back from hajj Right. So, yeah, so I, I was. A, that's why I said dates. I was assuming the Middle East, yes. uh, Saudi. So yes, in the Middle East. So he went to Mecca, Medina for the Hajj, and in those days you would travel by boat, right? So then he had to mm-hmm. go to a nearby port, and the closest port. I don't know if it was the closest port, but he ended up traveling through Yemen, and it's from Yemen that he uh, smuggled this item in his beard. Uh, are these seeds of some kind, like? to grow plants are we talking uh, possible yes i would uh, yeah i wouldn't deny that completely um yeah but i'm i'm not very good with the particular cuisine in question um is is it uh, i i can literally just tell you the name of the port and you would get the answer from where he oh. traveled from yemen but i'm oh, not okay. specifically given that because it's so easy i'll give you another clue he smuggled seven of these in his beard so smuggled enough. seven of these in his beard from a port in yemen i was going to say drumstick but no so in sound. those days the yemenis had a kind of monopoly over this particular food item and it was always sold in a slightly modified form which ensured that it could never be grown anywhere else <laughs> no i'm i'm a, yeah i have absolutely no clue right now okay i'm going to give you the name of the port in that case okay yeah the port that he smuggled this from was called moka coffee 
Yes, it is coffee. Oh, oh, yes. Mm, wow, what? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. So uh, he, as I mentioned, was a Sufi. He said to have introduced the coffee plant to India by bringing seven raw beans from the port of Mocha, Yemen, while coming back from Hajj in 1670. In those days, mm-hmm. coffee was exported to other parts of the world in roasted or baked form. So that no oh, one could grow so their own and they it. were forced to buy from the Yemenis. Okay. He brought seven beans because the number seven is considered sacred in Islam. The coffee mm. plants were then raised at the place that bears his name, which is Budangiri. Okay. Giri okay. meaning mountain. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on his return home, he planted the beans on the slopes of the Chandradona Hill, Chandradrona Hills, in Chikmagluru district, which was uh, oh. erstwhile kingdom of Mysore, present day the state of Karnataka. The hill range was then the name. Of the hill range was then later changed from Chandradrona Hills to Baba Budan Giri, as in Baba Budan Hills. You can still visit his tomb by taking a short trip from Chikmagluru. Legend has it this is how coffee was introduced to India. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so wait, so the Yemeni had a, a monopoly on coffee. A kind of quality. monopoly. So in those days, uh, there were two port services, just Ethiopia and Yemen, where you could buy coffee. Everybody bought coffee from there. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, cool. I had no idea. And Mocha yeah. is named after a port. Okay. Yes, Mocha is named after a port. And uh, if you've heard of the uh, East India Company, I have. There was I might have a much them, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. So there was actually a much more profitable, uh, at least initially profitable company, which was set up by the British before the East India Company, called the mm. Levant Trading Company. And okay. I believe they are the ones who uh, you know brought coffee to England. I by see. trading in the Middle East. So the Levant Trading Company was set up to, you know, trade in the Middle East. Okay. This particular item has a number associated with it. So it's a food item, which has a number associated with it. Okay. Uh, the number was initially based on the number of ingredients, mm-hmm. though that is that has never quite been verified. It has also served a design purpose eventually. What item and what number am I talking? What food item and what number am I talking? See, the moment you said food item and number, mm-hmm. uh, my mind went to chicken sixty-five. <laughs> okay, sorry. Then let me clarify. It's not actually a food item as much as it's a brand name. So, a food brand name is associated uh-huh. with a number. Yeah. The brand name is associated with a number. Yeah. Like the the dumbest example I can think of is like five star is associated with five, so something along okay. those lines. Yeah. Is that number still associated with the brand now? Oh yes, it is, and that number eventually played a role in the design. Okay, are you asking something out from the left field? Is it something like Seven Eleven? No, no, no. It is a no. food item. It is a specific food item, and a brand, uh, a food brand rather. Do the numbers still associated with it? Okay, wait. Uh, wait. Baskin Robbins, 56 flavors. That no. Baskin Robbins is actually uh, a wonderful guess. It's actually 31 flavors. 31 flavors, okay. And it features in their logo. And 31 yeah. flavors came from, uh, you can have a new flavor each day of the month. 
Ah, that's okay, where okay. Baskin Robbins. Uh, that was their original uh, slogan. But so, no, where is the answer? Guess, no, 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 no. It's not. <laughs> okay. It's not. Okay, so, so when I said uh, it's brilliant because thirty-one also features in the design of their logo. But, yeah, I, uh, the number in question that I'm asking features in the design of the product itself. Yes, it's pretzels or something. Design of eight. No, no, no. No, I need a clue. I need a clue. This is too. Okay, so it's a it's a two digit two digit number. Okay. The particular the the guy who came up with this product, uh-huh. and it's named after him. Uh, he chose the first digit based off of his favorite number, and the second digit based off of his wife's favorite number. The second digit also is considered auspicious, lucky. Uh, it is pretty significant across cultures. That would be a seven. Hmm, that's a lovely little connect there to your previous question. It is seven, yes. Okay. The second digit, seven. yeah. Second digit is seven. <laughs> okay. Seventeen, twenty-seven, thirty-seven. Stop me when I get to it. Forty-seven. <laughs> no. If only life was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Only life was that easy. But no, you're on the right path. It's just that. It, I, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm just not I'm able to uh, think of anything that comes with it. That food item ends with seven. Uh, is this a fast food give, item? I can give you a hint as to what kind of item it is. It'll get you very close. So let me just okay. give you that. It is a condiment. It's a condiment. It's a condiment with ketchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty close. You're almost there, basically. Then it'll be Heinz ketchup, but I can't remember where the number on Heinz. Wait, wait, the, the spot where you have to tap the bottle to get the Heinz ketchup to come out. What was the number? But I don't remember the number. Okay, so it is 57. 57, um, okay. The marketing slogan was 57 tickle varieties. Okay. Uh, but this was this was more retroactively done than, than originally planned. Uh-huh. And um, he chose it basically because five was his lucky number, seven was his wife's lucky number, seven is also auspicious. And he saw some other marketing campaign which inspired him. And 57 is written on every Heinz bottle. Bottle, the yeah. Bottle, the iconic Heinz bottle. Um, and the urban legend suggests that if you tap on it, yes. because Heinz was famous for, for its viscosity, Very uh, so it would be tough to come out. So if you tap on 57, is the right spot to get it out. It has never no, been uh, verified. It. <laughs> it has never been verified. But uh, it is it is supposedly one of the reasons. No, everybody, I, I remember as kids also people telling that, you know, you have to tap it there, then you'll get it. It was nothing. The only thing, the only place you could tap it is the back of the bottle. Like slam it as hard as you You want a small dollop, you will get two small drops. You bang it in the back of the bottle and then half the bottle comes out. <laughs> well, high um, ketchup is pretty great, so I don't mind eating half a bottle in one sitting. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, that's too much for me. <laughs> I'm not a big ketchup fan. Uh, okay. Sacrilege to say on air, but I'm not a ketchup fan. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah, that's my question for the day. That I believe is the last okay. question so, as well. Yes. So before we, uh, you know, try to wind up, Aditya, you know what to do. If if not for uh, a wasabi. Smell in the alarm. <laughs> if if these scientists had been Indian, what uh, order would they have relied upon for their um, fire alarm for 
Deaf people, yes. That's my question. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my God, I, I can already anticipate that. The, I don't know what the answer will be. I can anticipate the answer will be terrible. And I'm going to be... <laughs> yes, I think everybody knows that. You know, it's <laughs> basically right now a contest that Aditya is playing with himself as to see how low can I go. <laughs> how how much can I embarrass myself in front of literally everybody listening to this podcast? Yes, <laughs> no, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people enjoy this. Uh, one person so. actually said that he can't, uh, you know, start. He can't even think of the episode without uh, these kind of uh, you know, contributions <laughs> from Aditya's brain. I'm glad. From his weird, weird brain. <laughs> Okay, so that's all for this episode, everyone. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the show and learned something new. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing to our podcast. And please, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It takes maybe two seconds. And subscribe to us, please. It helps us reach a wider audience and allows more people to discover and enjoy the show. We'd also love to hear from you. Feedback, suggestions, even trivia. You can reach us on Instagram at Me. We appreciate your support and look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Aditya will be back shortly after the musical sting to give you the fact check. Basically, he's going cutting our ass for every mistake we made while blabbing off on the Spotify <laughs> in this podcast. So thanks again for tuning in from me. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. And here's the fact check for the episode. Alternate accounts suggest that Frank Epperson had mixed sugary soda powder with water and left it outdoors overnight and accidentally invented the popsicle in the process. A British judge dismissed Pavel's claim as inventor of the Walkman for being, quote, obvious and not significantly inventive. However, After Pavel threatened Sony to pursue patent disputes in other countries, Sony and Pavel did an out-of-court settlement allegedly of several million dollars. There are no verified sources that support any legal disputes ever happened between Google and owners of Garfield Mail. And that's all for the fact check.